Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance, we got action, romance. we got comedy, we got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance, what part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches, and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know! Alright, so come on down to, su- wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Buyer beware, you're in for a scare. This week we talk about getting laid in the mall. And no, we're not talking about the Dawn of the Dead remake. This killer robot head exploding masterpiece chopping mall is what we're discussing. Katie joins us once again as we watch vintage horror movies, make homemade bombs out of gasoline, and fuck in a couch store on horror movie night. <laughs> um, sorry, Katie. I guess we're probably not going to do that third thing. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, Jen. Uh, so, yeah. Scott, you... Uh, you have been adamant that we discussed this movie since we discussed it on Reddit Horror Club like seven years ago and decided that the episode wasn't good enough to do a retroactive release for it. Well, no, it's been, that was strictly due to the fact that the episode that we recorded was a garbled mess. It's like a technological issue, not a the, the quality of the discussion. Because Well, the quality of the discussion was just two dudes putting Chopping Mall's dick in our mouths for 20 minutes and sucking well, it. Like, get ready for another 20 minutes of that. <laughs> yeah, Katie's down. Um, this movie rules, and anybody that says otherwise is insane. So, K- Katie, back- do you want to tell him? <laughs> I hated this movie. It's fine. I don't really care about your opinion. <laughs> the the like emotion in that where your heart has just broken into a million pieces. I can definitely see all of that. Boys. <laughs> okay, I, I will give you the one thing about rewatching this movie for the nth time because I've seen this movie maybe like seven times now. It does have a slight issue with diminishing returns because this movie really comes down to a bunch of awesome scenes held together by a lot of weak soup you know it's like cream of mushroom soup that you put way too much water in and you're like eh, i gotta get to the mushrooms so you have to eat the soup but uh the mushrooms taste fucking amazing so anyway 
I love this film. I love this soundtrack. I love the kill bots. I love the the information about the movie. Like I will put up with and fast forward through if we're being honest with ourselves, which that's what we do here on Horror Movie Night. I fast forward through the arguments in this movie and it makes it so much better. It also means you can watch this movie in under an hour. And honestly, <laughs> who doesn't have under an hour to watch robots very slowly and oddly kill people in the mall? I will say the I hate I didn't like this movie at all, but it gave me one of my most favorite quotes that I will forever use now for the rest of my life. You're Which welcome. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> it says "fuck the fuchsia." It's Friday. Yes, I have that too. I love it. Yeah, that needs to be your uh, your uh, your your ringtone. Like, give me your phone number and make that the 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 ringtone for when I text you. That would be the only reason that I would text you is just so that you hear that on the reg. I'm just like in a huge board meeting. And <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the future, it's Friday. Excuse me, I have to get this. Uh, this is important. <laughs> Sorry, boss. Um, so there's two quotes that I wrote down. They both take place in the exact same scene. But uh, the one is, do you have a license to wear that outfit? And the <laughs> other one is, you smell like pepperoni. Hey, wait, I no. like pepperoni. I like pepperoni. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have to point out the fact that this movie has so many awesome actors in it. So first of all, Dick Miller gets electrocuted, which is, it just makes the movie. Like there's nothing wrong with this movie already. And then we get Barbara Crampton's obligatory topless scene. It's like clockwork. Like every movie she did in the 80s, she had to get topless. And I'm not complaining. She's a beautiful woman. That's just very funny that it seemed like you know, I feel like well, a lot of the movies that we watch, it's almost demeaning when the women have to get topless because it's like, okay, here's the tit shot. But with Barbara Crampton, it's like, she's like, so she like flips through the script before she signs on. She's like, so, so where am I showing my boobs? <laughs> I, it's I like, just, I'll never forget the first time I saw a reanimator. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Listen, that she needs to be naked in this movie. No, but I think I, that's what I'm saying. I think she's like really down to do it. She's like, not my time to shine. Let me show off the goods. I, I might like, be completely wrong. I was waiting for it. In your next, I was like, well, yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is the same year. So this is really cool. What's really cool about this is that she did Chopping Mall and From Beyond in 86. I think she actually has the exact same Bob haircut in both of them. Uh, she might have gotten a little shorter hair, Bob, for, for From Beyond. But um, she also was naked in that movie. She was. I actually saw that movie in a church. Wow. Yeah. That is the weirdest thing you ever told me. Um, I'll send you pictures later. Um, they had like, uh, and it was like a live score too. It was, it was really cool. I've wow. seen it three times in the same church. Wow. That's awesome. Tell me next time that happens, I will legitimately come down and watch it because I love from beyond. <laughs> All right. So well, I, we also have to point out the fact here that Garrett Graham is in this beef and he did this and Terror Vision in 1986. That's like living the dream. Like, ah, goals. I can hear your boner through the screen. <laughs> I'm glad that you said something about it because I wasn't going to point it out. <laughs> so this is a Roger Corman film. Totally didn't even realize it until I was reading the IMDb info on this for the episode. Because the guy who's like chewing gum all the time He's oh my god, he doesn't he that suck so bad? So yeah, it's uh, the one note I have about that. It says, Quit, quit chewing gum like that. 
I think, and this is the funniest thing about that character is I think that this that somebody had to ADR gum chewing over top of his acting, which is just obscene. Like somebody was like, "All right, get the foley, guys. They got to chew gum for fifteen minutes." <laughs> uh, it's just someone's job. Yeah, it's somebody. Somebody got paid to chew gum for this movie. Uh, well, two people got paid to chew gum for this movie at minimum. But when that guy. So after he and Barbara Crampton bang in the couch store. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. It's the other blonde. It's the one that gets her head exploded. Yeah. she That's his girlfriend. They're the first two to die. And so he goes, she's like, get me a, uh, get me a cigarette. And he's like, all I have is like menthols. And she's like, ugh. And so he gets out of bed, goes to get her cigarettes from a vending machine because that was still a thing in 86, which is just funny. See, I know a lot of people don't smoke and I don't think I've ever met anyone that like tries to bum a cigarette off someone. And they're like, Oh, I don't like that brand. Go get me another. Well, also th- th- there are some logistic issues with these characters because they're acting super jazzed about getting laid and drinking beer. Um, but two of them are married, which doesn't make any sense to me because I'm guessing that they're out of high school. Um, but two of them are married, and yet everybody's like, we're going to go bang in the mall. Uh, so so I don't quite understand, but I'm guessing that that girl's character is supposed to just be a priss. And she's like, well, I don't want menthol cigarettes. I want my kind of cigarette. I don't know because I don't smoke, but I'm just guessing that that was there. Somebody on the, the writing team was like, yeah, just we got to get him out of there so that he can be the first kill. So he goes <laughs> the cigarette vending machine and he says Klaatu Verata Niktu. Yes, which I noticed that. I, I've seen this movie a ton of times. I never noticed that until this time. I wasn't paying attention. And so that's why I went to the IMDb page about Chopping Mall because I was like, did I hear that right? And so I went and I checked and nobody noticed that that reference because like there are tons of Roger Corman references in this film and and all sorts of background stuff about other horror movies in it. But nobody pointed out that he makes an Evil Dead reference, which I thought well, was very weird. But he doesn't. That's That doesn't come in until Army of Darkness, which is from 1993. It's a reference to the day that the Earth stood still, because that's where they got it for Army of Darkness. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's even cooler. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. But also, why? There's no reason. For that fucking quote to be in there at all. It's because it's a robot that is sent that they think is sent to kill everybody. Yeah, that's it. Actually, makes a lot more sense that it's not an Evil Dead reference. I, I feel like an <laughs> idiot. I was so stoked about that because I was like, I figured out something that nobody else did on the IMDb references page. But no, no I was, <laughs> I'm just a useless pleb that's never watched yeah. the original Day of the Earth Stood Still. I will say that not since watching The Big Sick have I related more to a first date than Marty sitting on the couch <laughs> with a girl watching fucking Tarantula or Attack the Crab People or whatever Roger Corman 50s film they didn't have to pay the copyrights for yeah, to yeah. watch. <laughs> Except for the part where they make out. That's Is that where you're like, oh, this isn't like my dates. Yeah, I'm like, oh, wait, that's what you're supposed to do? <laughs> you just girls don't normal girls don't like that like trangels watching weird ass shit that's like my dream date yeah this is why you're single (laughs) have you seen have you seen the big sick katie yes it's so good i love that his second date is making her watch the abominable dr fipes (laughs) (laughs) well have i ever told y'all about that date that i had i we watched shutter for nine hours (laughs) oh is that the one you were telling okay we watched shutter for nine hours and then we never spoke ever again (laughs) Probably because he was like, dear God, is she going to put her hand on my thigh or what? 
He was waiting for you to make the first move in your life, move, and you were just like, check this guy out. He'll actually watch Shutter for nine hours. Yeah, well, he's, he's a horror director, too, so that was like even like weirder. Yeah. It was... Maybe it was a fucking strange time. He didn't. He didn't want to shit where he ate. He wanted to keep you pure from the, uh, from from the reality of being a horror movie director. I guess. Hey, I got a free fucking pizza out of it. So <laughs> I don't care. Okay, so we haven't really gotten into the whole point of this movie. All right, so from the top, we got back to my original premise of w- loving this movie. The soundtrack rules so hard. Jay Chataway did it, and um, I did a full metal cover of it about a year and a half ago. I did the entire Chopping Mall Suite, and. Um, because I love it so much. And then when we were at Monster Mania 2017, I found the the vinyl. It was finally, I think Waxwork Records um, got the rights from Jay Chataway and remastered it because I don't think it ever got a vinyl is- issue, um, orig- like an original uh, run. And so it was like 2016 was the first time it was ever on vinyl. I grabbed the copy of that so fast. Uh, it was like the, the, the first thing I bought at monster mania and i was like you know what i'm good i'm not gonna buy anything else and then i spent another 200 dollars. yeah so that and, was well and i kept egging you on i'm kind of i'm the bad <laughs> yeah you're like you're like how many more of those console crash albums do you need to sell before you go finally stop go buy that swamp thing original poster and stop crying about how you wish you could buy it well and then you're like if i sell two more console crash cds and then you sold two more and you're like i'm still not going to get that poster and i'm like well yeah. fucking don't set rules that you're not going to follow it was 80 dollars, man it was really and like, do you I, still love and cherish that poster yeah i'm just i just hope that i make <laughs> enough money so when we uh, we're gonna be done with way done with monster mania at this point but i hope that at this point we've made back the money that we spent on new merch and i've made enough so that i can frame the swamp thing poster because that's that's my goal after monster mania is not spend too much money and then frame what i bought last year it usually (laughs) takes me about a year to frame shit anyway so the whole conceit of this movie is that there are these robots that are supposed to protect the mall and they are remote controlled run by a computer and we get the Two characters from the beginning of Eating Raul yeah. who are like, and they're like, mm, it looks stupid, blah, blah, blah. Paul, they look like the Three Stooges. And then the, the other guy's like, the one in the middle has an unpleasantly ethnic quality. And I thought that was a great line. I've never liked that line until this time. But the, uh, the thank you, have a nice day is what I want to be my text message response to everybody. Thank you. Have a nice day. Uh, it's just, it's so great. But then we have interspersed mall scenes. And this is absolutely, Katie, like, how can you not love this mall? Because there's like, even before the killer robots roaming around killing people that suck, you got an arcade, you got a pizza place, you got um, bikini contests on the escalator. We got kids running around who don't have parental supervision. Like, there's everything you could ever want in a mall, in this mall. I love the mall. And I... I don't know what it was about this movie. It just was too loose, I guess. Oh, it's it's not like a really it's not a good movie. Like I'm not saying that it's it's a movie that people are supposed to like. I just think that it looks cool. <laughs> you know? I love the robots. The robots are definitely I want to say that like, they look very like original to me and I really like that and how they do have like certain things like where he when they do shock the janitor <laughs> This is him, and he's like stupid fucking robot. I turn you into scrap metal. That's like just such a like comic relief where they do that in other movies too. Where like I think the Avengers, Avengers where like Hawkeye shoots like an arrow and is like, oh, you missed, and then he didn't miss. And he yeah, blows up. yeah, yeah. 
it's just that whole thing. But that was probably one of my most favorite scenes of the whole movie. Other than the girl getting her fucking head blown. Well, that's the up. most famous part of this movie. And I love the fact that that's her, her credit freeze is like her head being exploded at the end when they're doing the uh, outro credits. Just love it. I bet this movie knows exactly what it was. You know, that's why I think this movie is fun. This is one of these movies where I, if I'm like sick and can't leave the couch, I would totally put this on. You know, it's not, it's a movie you can turn your brain off and just like kind of have a laugh every once in a while. And it's, there, there are no stakes in this film, you know, but Jim Wynorski, the director of this film, is the voice of the Killbots. I thought that was really fun. Also, they made five moving, working Killbots for this movie, which is just wild. Because those actually, like, they built them and they were remote controlled and they could move. They weren't like, they weren't scrimping, you know? Like, this is a low budget movie, but legit Killbots. And I wonder if there are some still around because like, oh, I'm sure if, if if I were rich, I would absolutely find whoever owns the remaining kill bots and be like, sell me one. <laughs> uh, but but anyway, so um, we, we are introduced to all the characters. Uh, the first scene, which is the 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 girls, um, it's Barbara Crampton and then Allison, I think is her name in the movie. She, she's the survivor girl. Uh, and they're working in this Italian-esque restaurant with this messy shirt cook who like wipes a dirty spatula on his shirt and he's like smoking behind the seat, behind the, the bar. He's like, come on, come on, take a while outside. You're killing me. And then this fat fuck is like, waitress, more butter, which is also a great quote that I wish I had the sound clip of. But the whole thing is, is that these robots get turned evil by an electrical storm that shoots lightning down into the mainframe making them evil. That's just science, you know? And then, and then you meet the rest of the group and they're all buddies, um, who work, uh, at, at a, a, a furniture store and they're going to stay in the locked mall for the night and bang their girlfriends. And it's a blind date for nerdy dude. Uh, the, I love the fact that when they all show up and they're dancing, Barbara Crampton is doing the most atrocious dance moves, like almost as bad as, the dad in last week's film troll. Like she's like, <laughs> she's a beautiful woman in a lace jumpsuit. And I'm like, please stop. You know, like it's, it's awful. <laughs> but so they're, they're all getting drunk except for Allison and nerd glasses, Matt Kelly. Oh, <laughs> uh, you said you, you felt like he was you. So he's you. So they're sitting <coughs> watching a movie. She's drinking wine. He's just doing nothing. And then, um, they make out because everybody's bang and their teen hormones, even though they're 30, just get to them. Um, then the one guy gets killed. The, his girlfriend goes out. She gets her head exploded. Um, and then I remembered that the original title of this movie is called Killbots. And they, this, yes. this, that was its original theatric run was as Killbots. And it did so poorly because people thought that it was a Transformers ripoff. And so they were taking kids to see Killbots. And then they're like, this is not a kid's oh, movie. God. Which I think is just funny. I just love that about can, this film. Can we, while you're talking about the original name, can we discuss how much cooler the poster is than anything that actually happens in the movie, in my opinion? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I love that poster. If I could find an original shopping mall poster, I would absolutely pay hundreds of bucks for it. So anybody out there that has one that wants to make me poor, let's do it. Uh, anyway, so so 
they have machine guns in the mall, which is even weirder than having c- cigarette machines in the mall. Um, I live in Texas and I disagree. I can see them having like a handgun store, maybe, but like fucking machine guns. Mm, people walk around with machine guns around here. So okay, this is note to self. Why I never want to visit Texas, even if they're playing from beyond in a church. <laughs> the uh, the killbots are terrible shots, actually. Um, oh, well, they're worse than stormtroopers. Yeah, I actually have that note. I'm like, these guys are worse than stormtroopers. Yeah, they're they're so bad. But then it, this movie <clears throat> kind of loses its oomph around the um, 50 minute mark. I want to say they're like kind of sitting around. They, they didn't have an out. This movie's an only 77 minute long film, including credits. Um, and and you could probably trim off 15 minutes. You could get this to an hour and two, and um, it would be a better movie because then they spend two at least five minute scenes just hiding and arguing because people are dead but it's like i don't know it it doesn't really it doesn't you don't lose anything from the movie if you don't listen to them arguing so i just fast forward through that shit and then there's some more people getting shot um and barbara crampton's death is so dumb like the the robots apparently can't shoot at an angle so they have to just shoot forward you know my one like, note about that, it says lame fire death. Why didn't she get up? Yeah, she's just like, <laughs> help me, no. And it's like the guy in Austin Powers who gets yeah, steamrolled. He's just like, way. no. Yeah, it's just exactly like that. The, the, the science part that I couldn't handle of this movie is that the mirrors reflect the lasers back and fry the one killbot. I, I don't think that that's how mirrors work, but I don't, or I, lasers. These are also sci-fi lasers. So maybe, 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 but anyway, um, the, the killbots know how to scare humans, which I think is a weird little part of their, their programming. Um, because the one killbot is going after Allison when she's in the pet store and like, knocks over tarantulas and and snakes and she's just like has to be freaked out underneath while she's hiding oh i'd die there's no way i would immediately die if that were to happen to me well you know that tarantulas like it's just like a bee sting right well i'm that's i'm not scared of them biting me i'm just scared of spiders in general oh being on you okay i thought that it was because you were scared of them actually poisoning oh, you. no not right. at all okay it, it appears that Allison is the last person standing and there's still like one kill bot, I think maybe two. I can't remember because they keep coming back. It's like, you can't kill them, but she, she falls. She's hiding, like hanging off the railing of this, uh, um, trying to hide. And I'm just like, just go down one more step. And then you'll, it won't see you. And she, then she falls and she luckily falls on a teddy bear kiosk. And, and she remembers the flare in her bra that she's been holding for the entire movie. <laughs> How do you forget that? As yeah. someone who wears a bra at all times, I know when there's like a chip crumb. <laughs> so having a flare, like you, there's no way that you just forget that. Have you ever been chased by killer robots? I mean, I can't really talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you have an NDA that says like, do not speak of, ta- of being chased by killer robots. Yeah. And then, then nerd dude just is like, bleeding profusely from his concussion and and they get to like walk out because it's morning finally. But I feel like they'd have a lot of explaining to do. Oh yeah, definitely. But the thing about this movie, one of the earlier quotes where he's like, good shot. And he's like, she's like, my dad's in the military. Yeah. My dad's a Marine. 
Yeah, my brother is in the military and he definitely does not know how to shoot a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Things were different in 86, all right? Um, The one question I had about this movie was how bad was the fucking crime in this mall where they had to have robots come in? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you saw in the beginning, there was a guy that smashed the window at the jeweler and he was going to take like a couple thousand dollars worth of jewelry. That's that's big. That's big time right there. That's nothing. I okay. So I don't even. I feel like I'm scaring you guys from coming to Texas. But <laughs> to tell you in malls. So maybe just stay away from Texas malls. One Christmas, I went to the mall. Uh, it was pretty like ghetto mall uh, in Corpus, which is like down by the beach. And we were staying in our uh, condo down there, and a dude had his throat slit open in Holy the mall. Holy shit! Yeah. Did he die? No. Okay. It was, but it also wasn't, it was like a random, like some dude was running through the mall and just like slit this dude's throat open. What the fuck? It was like 16, 17. And I just stood there and I was like, what the fuck? Wait, were you in the mall when he got his throat yes, slit? I was in the food court and I saw it. Holy shit. It was, su- it was super scary. And I was like, okay, I'm going to leave. And yet you love the movie Maniac. With Elijah. I do. Actually, I told him that I love that movie. And he said, oh, you saw that? And he got very excited and my heart melted. You know, everybody, everybody dies except for nerd guy and, and survivor girl. And everybody wears tight pants in this movie. So that was Chopping Mall. Meanwhile, in New Jersey. So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. Um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Hello, everyone. We're superhero stuff you should know. And if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance. We got action. Romance. We got comedy. We got everything you need, man. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance. What part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know. All right. So come on down to... Su- Wait, why did I say come on down? To superhero stuff you should know. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Mega Ran, teacher, rapper, hero, and huge wrestling fan. Every week, you can join me and my co-host and a special guest talking about the week in wrestling, talking about historic events, and playing playing some great hip-hop influenced by, you got it, wrestling. It's Mega Ran. Matt Mania is the name of the show. Search that on any of your favorite podcast apps. Tune in, turn it up, and get busy. All right. Well, what did you guys watch this week? All right. So um, I've, I've been watching season five of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and um, constantly bugging Katie to watch it because she likes Marvel, She's sat through every movie uh, in the theaters more than once, she said, uh, but she will not watch the show. And I I feel like that is just so mean. But anyway, um, I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season five is great. It's not, well, at this point, it's not as good as season four was at this point because season four was just a mile a minute so good. But um, I wanted to mention it here because 
Mac in that uh, one of the characters in that movie in that show. His name's Mac. He's one of the agents. He hates robots, and he mentions Chopping Mall multiple times in season four. And I'm like watching it with Megan. I'm like, there's another Chopping Mall reference. There's another Chopping Mall reference. So um, I just got excited to mention it here now. So there we go. But I did watch a um, another Marvel movie that I wanted to finally that I wanted to mention here. Uh, I finally watched Thor Ragnarok. Oh my god! Is that a good? Oh my god, or an, a bad? Oh my god! It was so good. I really liked it. I thought it was really good. I liked it about as much as I liked Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I don't know if I would come back and watch it, because I've already watched Guardians 2 twice. So I don't know if I would immediately come back and watch Ragnarok a second time. But let me just give you the the real quick cliff notes of why it rules. First of all, Cape Blanchett, so hot with dark hair. Cape Blanchett, so dark with swords coming out of everywhere. Um, third, uh, Chris Helmsworth with short hair, so much better. Uh, him doing a, uh, space buddy cop comedy adventure movie with Hulk didn't sound good on paper to me, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't like the incredible Hulk. I just never have liked that character. I don't, I wish that he wasn't in the Avengers movies because he's just such a meh kind of like the story is just meh to me, but, um, he was very, it, it was the most entertaining. I think that that character has been in the entire uh, Marvel MCU arc. So that was cool. And I loved the girl who played Valkyrie. Oh, I know why you loved it, Katie. Because (laughs) Jeff Goldblum is in it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I love Jeff Goldblum, but he definitely, I I think this is my favorite Marvel movie of all time. Really? Yes. Um, a side note on the Incredible Hulk thing. I, I think I told you when the first Avengers movie came out, um, the Alamo Drafthouse here, they did a, like a movie marathon where you sit and watch every single Marvel yeah, movie right. leading up to the Avengers movie. Yeah. So I sat in theaters for 24 hours. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, including like waiting because back. So now you can pick your seats online before you go. But back then, you couldn't at all. So we got there at like 4 o'clock in the morning to pick good seats. Holy shit. Um, And I've never slept in a movie in my entire life. At the movie theaters, at home, ever. I've never fallen asleep in a movie. The second they turned on that fucking Incredible Hulk movie. Wait, which the Edward Norton one? Yes, I passed the fuck out. Well, to be fair, to your credit, it is arguably the worst of the MCU movies and barely canon. So... I don't know. I, I don't I don't like the Hulk. I don't like any of the decisions that they've made with the Hulk. You know, like um, I liked Edward Norton as Banner. I think that Mark Ruffalo is a better Banner, but I did really enjoy um, Ed Norton when that movie came out as the Incredible Hulk, as Banner in the Incredible Hulk. Um, and I love Tim Roth. I don't think he was. I love Tim Roth literally in anything that he does. Yeah, and he made and that I, movie like watchable for one time, but I would never watch it again. Oh, yeah, never again. Yeah, but if you were going to pick a movie to fall asleep to, that would be the one. Oh, yeah, it was horrible. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to sleep and wake up when... I think the one after that was like another um, like Iron Man movie or something. Ugh. The, I mean, Iron Man Ugh. 1 is good. Iron Man 1 is actually very good. Iron Man 2 is my favorite of the Iron Man movies, 
But Iron Man 3 is just atrocious. I would say that Iron Man 3 is almost as unwatchable as Incredible Hulk. It's bad. Yeah, it is really bad. But, but oh, go ahead. The one thing I liked about uh, Thor Ragnarok, when I cannot pronounce the director's name to save my life, to Taika Waititi. Yeah. The one thing he said, uh, I read this article and Chris Hemsworth like went up to him and he was like, I'm sick of playing this Thor. And he goes, yeah, me too. You're not playing that Thor in this movie. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. And so we pretty much rewrote the entire character for this movie. And it's so much better. Oh, yeah, so much better. And I just, it was just such a good movie. And it was really refreshing. And Carl Urban in it is amazing. Yeah, that was a really, um, that was an interesting casting choice for him, I thought. Yeah, and I love Carl Urban from Judge Dredd. I don't know if either of y'all know this. I'm a huge Judge Dredd fan. I did not know that. I like collect a certain uh comic book from the um uh, from 85 of judge mm-hmm. dread and i just love it in general so much but him in that movie but that's that's dread right not judge dread yes it's dread yeah. uh katie what did you watch this week i actually watched uh the mtv scream series the i think it's two seasons long mm-hmm. i heard that it's decent it's really good i was very surprised I really liked it a lot. Um, just like the pacing, the storyline, the characters are really well done. Um, very gory. Um, super surprised as an MTV show. Um, I have a lot of guilty pleasure TV shows that are on MTV. So, was, so I, I know a lot about MTV shows, but this one was just like amazing and flawless. The writers on it are amazing but yeah, I, I would I would definitely go watch Scream. I think it's all on Netflix right now. I think now. so, too. And I'll uh, wrap this up real fast. I watched the movie The Hills Run Red, which was... Oh. Yeah, I had mixed feelings. I it's don't... shitty. I wanted it to be better, but you know what you was... Know, you know who made me want it to be better? Who? <laughs> I don't know, but I think he likes Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is true. William Sadler is in it. Uh, but Hills Run Red was a little disappointing. But what wasn't disappointing was episode eight of the Mighty Morphin Power uh. Rangers <laughs> called I, I Guy. Uh, I already know what the villain is in this one because I remember fighting him in the Super Nintendo game. Uh, and the episode starts off with a child who built a VR roller coaster game and everybody's on it and they are so overacting. They're like, whoa, <laughs> while they're doing this VR machine. Meanwhile, Kim is just going like, get me off. I'm going to throw up make this stop. So it's like just insane all across the board. Uh, but Rita decides that she wants to steal the kids intelligence. So the putties see, show up. And that's when I start to wonder, like, is there a secret to beating the putties? Because in later seasons, they get like the little self-destruct button on their chest. But I don't remember if there's a way to beat them before that or if you just fight them and eventually they disappear. I also wanted to know why it's so important that they maintain a secret identity because all of the villains know who they are, not as Power Rangers. <laughs> so I don't like I feel like just admitting that you're the Power Rangers actually makes your day to day life a lot easier, too. Uh, <laughs> but like so Billy and this kid who's named Willie. So they're both just named William, just for the record, uh, have this really weird secret handshake that comes with like wacky sound effects, but like not them making it like they tug on their overalls and it goes like, Honka honka. Like when they do it, like it's ridiculous. Um, 
The eye guy is kind of cool, but he looks a lot cooler when he's in 16 bits. Um, (laughs) This is the episode where I realized that Bulk is just straight up from Revenge of the Nerds as he's like walking around this science fair. He's like, let's look at what some of these nerds have to do. Um, (laughs) But then they fall into what is a fashion makeover machine and then come out in drag. Uh, but then Willie gets disqualified because he stood up to the bullies. So that's a fair thing, I guess. Um, so then I guy shows up and he kidnaps Willie into his giant eye. And he's like straight up on the set of Lawnmower Man because the little kid is like trapped in that weird like circle within a circle spinning device the whole time. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. And then I realized that the teleportation system seemed to have been fixed from last week, which was like never explain why they were down in the first place. Um, <laughs> but then I guy's main superpower is that he shoots cartoon eyeballs out of his chest and they do like a duck hunt quacking noise as they shoot out so like it'd be like ha and then these cartoon eyeballs shoot out <laughs> and they're like rah, rah, as they like come out um so the zordon's like billy you must find his main eye and destroy it and then billy like turns around and the main eye's there and he hits it with a sword like there's never an issue that lasts more than 10 seconds um I'm only 16 minutes into the episode and I already feel like I need to take a nap. But <laughs> the concept of the the main villain in this one is kind of awesome because he's just a giant set of eyeballs that like you have to kill every single eyeball because if you just blow them up, the eyeballs will reform back into a shape. Um And then the end of the episode is like the flower scene in the room (laughs) because the little kid shows back up at the science fair and the guy who disqualified him is doing the VR roller coaster uh, thing. And then I'm not shitting you. This is how quickly the dialogue goes. Hey, you're using my machine. Yes, I made a giant mistake. I shouldn't have kicked you out of this. In fact, you won first prize. Oh, wow, this is great. And then credits. Like It's like, <laughs> it's so like neck-breakingly fast how the dialogue flies in that scene. And that's episode eight of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. But this was Chopping Mall from 1986. Picked by Scott, we were joined once again by Katie. Katie, do you have anything that you'd like to promote for any listeners that want to like check out some of your shit? Uh, not really. My life is boring. I don't have anything, but I did get a package from Scott in the mail. Oh, you got to open it. Thank you for remembering. Yes. So Scott has the writing of a 12 year old. (laughs) It's not as bad as Matt's. Yeah, mine's terrible. Okay. I am opening it. We'll ADR some cool sound effects in here. (laughs) No, we won't. (laughs) No. so terrified that this is like a doll of some sort. It's it's the, it's, really it's, it's the size I of a postcard mailer. <laughs> I know, but still, because Scott knows I'm definitely afraid of dolls. You're- oh my god, I hate you. <laughs> Explain in great detail why. Okay, so for some reason, Scott thinks that I drink Coors Light <laughs> or. <laughs> <laughs> When everyone knows in Texas we drink Lone Star. <laughs> Lone Star. This is amazing. Well, this is immediately on my leather jacket. Yes. Okay. So this is I as as most people know on the podcast, Megan and I go to estate sales constantly. And um 
I'll, I'll buy stuff for my Etsy store or for us. And a couple years back, somebody had this Coors Light tie tack. And I thought it was the most absurd. Th- it's, it's probably top 10 most absurd things I've ever seen in an estate sale in Ohio. Um, because who gives a fuck about showing people that you like Coors Light so much that you put a tie tack on? It's like a tie pin that has like a, you know, and, and, and um, I, I, it's it's a can. It's like a Coors Light can from the seventies. It's just so strange that this is e- this was ever even a thing that somebody was like, let's put this into production. Let's make ten thousand of these things. So it was on my battle vest for the longest time, and I'm slowly disassembling my battle vest and turning it into a. Um, uh, I, I can't wear a battle vest because I'm not metal anymore. So it's now going onto a black um, uh, jacket, like just a you know one of those. Uh, canvas jackets and I just don't have space for everything. So as soon as I realized that Katie loves Coors Light, I was like, I know one person in the, in my life that needs this. So there you go. Perfect. It will go on my leather jacket that I literally wear all the time, even when it's like a hundred degrees outside. <laughs> Man's not hot. <laughs> it, it'll go next to my house too. Oh, damn. Now that is that made it all worth it right there because that house you pin is slick. All right. Well, don't forget that you can contact us at HMMPodcast at gmail.com if you have any movie suggestions uh, because starting next week, it's another listener submitted week. So get excited for whatever it is that we're talking about for those because it's like three weeks or months away from when we actually recorded this. But whatever. <laughs> have fun, everybody. Love you guys. We'll be back next week. Bye! Stop right there. Stop right there and surrender your weapon. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. (sighs) Um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males... From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Hello everyone, we're superhero stuff you should know. And if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance. We got action. Romance. We got comedy. We got everything you need, man. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance. What part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know. All right. So come on down to... Su- Wait, why did I say come on down? To superhero stuff you should know. 
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 